Proverbs chapter 1. We begin a new series this Sunday that will take us, I believe, through the whole summer. As we look at the wisdom of Proverbs. Here now, from Proverbs chapter 1, I'll be reading verses 1 through 7. Hear the word of the Lord. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction. To understand words of insight. To receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity. To give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning. And the one who understands, obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. This is the word of the Lord. I recall at one time during my many, many years of study, I was in a library pulling out a book that I needed for some research I was doing. And as I was flipping through the pages, I started to notice notes that had been scrawled in the margins by someone who had gone before me. Someone who had used that book before, probably for much the same purpose I was using it, and wrote such helpful things as, this paragraph makes no sense, just skip it. (laughs) Or, go back and read this again, it's going to be very important later. And other such really helpful things, and this won't be on the test, but that will. I loved it. It was great. <laughs> In a way, it's, it's the, the words of someone who's gone before us and is turning around saying, hey, I'm going to help you make, uh, help keep you from some of the mistakes I made and, and maybe just give you a better step along the way. And as good and as helpful as those sorts of things are, we may approach Proverbs feeling like we're getting something similar. These are the words of Solomon, son of David. He is, he is looking back and giving us just some counsel and some helpful hints and tips and hacks on how we can, how we can make it through this life that we have to live. But, but Proverbs is way more than that. Proverbs is God's supernatural and gracious equipping of his people to live in a way that is not only good for them, but also that brings him glory. And so for the next several months, we're going to be looking through Proverbs, and it's, it's going to strike you as a different style of, of preaching and studying and looking at the Word than we usually do as we go through a book. Proverbs doesn't let us go verse by verse and study it the way that we usually do as we study a book of God's Word. So we're going to take a different approach The first few weeks, we're going to overview the idea of wisdom in the Bible using mostly Proverbs chapter 1 as our guide. And then in the weeks that follow, we'll look at different themes and topics that Proverbs addresses. What do the Proverbs say to those who are struggling with money? What does Proverbs say to those who are struggling with work and laziness and weariness? What does Proverbs say to those who struggle with loneliness? Proverbs speaks to us on all these different things, and we're going to look at them one by one. Still expositing Scripture to reveal and to apply the grace of God to us through Jesus Christ. But we will come to see, even this morning, that Proverbs does not talk so much about how to be saved, what to do to make God accept you. Instead, we're talking about what it looks like to be a new creation. 
what it looks like once God has saved you, how to live now that you are a child of God. There's less focus on what we are saved from and more about what we are saved to, less on the sin and guilt that we flee and more on God's grace, his gift with a purpose to us and what that looks like when we live it out in our lives. As you'll hear us say often here, we talk about living out the gospel together. And Proverbs speaks much to that living out of the good news. And so as we look at Proverbs and speak of wisdom today, we're not talking about a set of universal advice for one and all. We're not to take Proverbs and try to force everyone to follow them because they are not written as a moral code. They're not written to be a series of laws for people to follow in order to make God happy. We're talking about what it looks like to be a new creation in Christ. In Romans 8.29, we see that God's purpose for us is to conform us to the image of His Son. That as we grow in the grace of God, we are daily shaped more and more into the image of Christ. Having been created in the image of God in the beginning, humanity still retains that image, but it is marred and disfigured and broken and distorted but in Christ, we are reconformed, reshaped, remade according to the image of God by being remade in the image of Christ. And in Proverbs, we have an, an image, an illustration, a look at what that will be like as we do so. And in ways, it's, it's like a map leading us in sanctification. But as we'll see this morning, a life of godly wisdom is a supernatural life that we cannot live without the work of the Holy Spirit in us. And so as we begin this study of Proverbs on Pentecost Sunday, which you know, for those who don't follow church calendars and things like that, and in the scripture, Acts chapter 2 follows the events of Pentecost, which was a Jewish feast, a Jewish celebration. Um, and in the calendar, it happened about seven weeks after the resurrection of Christ. And Jesus had said to his, his disciples, I'm going to give you power from on high to fuel and equip your, your discipleship, your obedience, your ministry. And he gave them the Holy Spirit. And so on Pentecost Sunday, many churches take time to pause and remember and, and refocus ourselves on the gift of the Holy Spirit to God's church and what it empowers us to do. And this Sunday, as we look at wisdom, we will see that the Spirit of God makes wisdom possible for us through the gracious work of the Spirit in exalting Jesus Christ. So as we look at Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 7, I want to look at the at three things the Holy Spirit does for us to make us wise. The first, the Holy Spirit teaches us what we need to know to be wise. To walk the way of wisdom, we have to start at the beginning. And verse 7 tells us where the beginning is. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Now, knowledge is a little different from wisdom. And elsewhere, you'll read that the fear of the Lord is also the beginning of wisdom. But it's significant that Solomon says here, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. You can have knowledge without wisdom, but you cannot have wisdom without knowledge. And so the first way that the spirit of wisdom, as the Holy Spirit is described, the first way that the spirit helps us is by teaching us what we need to know in order to be wise, to give us the wisdom that we lack in order to make us wise. Wisdom is the right application of knowledge to life. But first you need that knowledge. 
And as we just saw, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of that knowledge. So let's take that idea and let it, let it soak in our minds for a minute. Fear, not in terms of fright or terror, but in terms of awe and respect and humility to recognize the power and the greatness of something. When we fear the Lord, we acknowledge how great he is. And we make the necessary life adjustments to his presence. In this case, when we fear God, we defer to his understanding and to his truth. As the prophet, as the Lord says through the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 55, God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Now that's significant. The Lord doesn't say, I know more than you. Now that's true. But it's not just quantity of knowledge that the Lord possesses in abundance. It is the quality of his knowledge. What the Lord knows is above what we are able to know. And as we fear the Lord, we recognize that. God, your, your understanding of things exceeds anything that we will encounter on the human plane. And so when we see how God is so much greater than us, we become ready to receive knowledge from him. As we will see later in Proverbs, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. We receive knowledge from God. We become humble and say, I don't even know what it is that I don't know. I need to learn and God needs to be the one who teaches me. The fear of the Lord is just the beginning of knowledge. If we do not fear him, we will not be ready to receive the knowledge that we need. As 1 Corinthians 2 shows us, God does exactly that. He gives us the knowledge we need through His Holy Spirit. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. Who knows a person's thought except the Spirit of that person which is in him? Paul's saying, look, I, I can't read your mind. Nobody knows what's going on in your head except your own spirit. And it's the same with God. Nobody knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. So also, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. If we are to know the knowledge that we need from God, it needs to be given to us by his spirit. And so it is the spirit of God that reveals the mind of God to the people of God. The Holy Spirit, in giving us God's word, makes us able to receive the knowledge we need to be wise. So without the Spirit, we would not be able to do what, what verse 2 tells us in Proverbs 1, to know wisdom and instruction and to understand words of insight. To live in wisdom requires that we have a knowledge that we do not ourselves possess. We need instruction. We need words of insight. Insight, that sight that comes from outside and is put within you. Insight. That can only come from God. And that knowledge comes to us by the work of the Holy Spirit who teaches us what we need to know to be wise. And we who live on this side of the cross and the event of Jesus dying and rising again, we know the core of that knowledge. The heart of that knowledge is not a moral code. It's not a list of do's and don'ts, a law or a mystic feeling. The knowledge imparted by the Holy Spirit is at its heart Jesus Christ himself. 
not just facts about Jesus, but Jesus. In 1 Corinthians 1, we see that Christ is the power of God and Christ himself is the wisdom of God. The main and the primary, the most important thing that you and I need to know is Jesus Christ. Who he is, what he has done, what is his character God in human flesh, dying in place of sinners, rising in victory. Everything else that we need to know proceeds from that. Our goals, our temperament, our morality, everything looks to the wisdom of God in Jesus Christ and responds because God in human flesh, dying for you and rising again, changes everything. It transforms any knowledge in the world. And so God teaches us Christ by the Holy Spirit. And the main thing he teaches us is Jesus Christ. And before we move on, let us pause to consider the graciousness of God in that. God is not obligated to reveal his mind to us. I mean, if you've ever seen an extrovert talking to an introvert saying, well, what are you thinking about? What's going on? What's on your mind? You know, I have one of my children is an introvert and resents being pestered to know what's on your mind. I don't have to tell you what I'm thinking, is what we hear. God is not obligated to reveal his mind to us. He's not required to tell us what he has done and what is right and how he, his character is. The fact that God condescends to us that he, that he stoops down and tells us the knowledge and truths that we need in order to live a life that is good for us and pleasing to him. That is an act of grace. And not just that, it is an act of grace that he initiates. The very premise of the Holy Spirit revealing to us what we need to know, the very premise is gospel. That God initiates graciously giving us what we need. So the Holy Spirit teaches us what we need to know to be wise. But wisdom doesn't end with gaining knowledge. Amen? There's a lot of people with a whole lot of knowledge that we would not call wise, right? The Spirit's work doesn't end with teaching us what we need to know. We also see that the Holy Spirit shows us what we need to see. He teaches us what we need to know, but he also shows us what we need to see in order to be wise. Verse 4, the purpose of Proverbs is to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. The knowledge that we receive from God should lead to prudence and discretion. These are key words when we're in Proverbs because they communicate a, a necessary assumption that knowledge isn't always an answer in itself. You can know the truth, but still not understand what to do with it. I can tell you many things about how my engine works. I've gained a lot of knowledge about my car engine. I don't know what to do with most of that knowledge. Okay, I still can't fix anything. Prudence is a matter of making right choices for your situation. It's a matter of saying, okay, here's the circumstances I have, and here are the things I know. How do I take what I know and put it in the situation I'm faced with. That's prudence. And discretion is much the same thing. And both of these skills require us to see something. They require us to see and understand our circumstances clearly. 
Reminds me of a time in the Bible when David was, was becoming king, and yet Saul's household still had a man on the throne. Ishbosheth was his name. And David was gaining the hearts of the people and had been anointed by God and knew that he had a right to the throne. And after seven years of, of being a king of part of Israel, David knew that it was time for him to take all of Israel. And he gathered the people of Israel together. And there's this chapter in Chronicles that starts listing how many came from each tribe to support and work with David. And we see in this beautiful line in 1 Chronicles chapter 12, it says, Of Issachar came men who had understanding of the times and knew what Israel ought to do. That's what wisdom demands of you that you have an understanding of the times that you face, not just the cultural moment that we're in, not just where our, our nation and our society is at, but an understanding of where your family is, an understanding of where your friends are, an understanding of where you are, an understanding of what you're capable of and what your circumstances demand of you, an understanding of what's at stake with the decisions that you make. And understanding that, that pulling up your Amazon wish list and clicking on add to cart, add to cart, add to cart is not a spiritually neutral habit. <laughs> understanding that the things you look at online or the things you watch on TV or the music you listen to or the web pages that you search or the, the people that you follow on social media is not a morally neutral thing. You have to understand the times and what is required of you. Prudence, discretion, these are skills that take knowledge and hold it next to our circumstances and ask, what is right in this situation? And it's not always easy to do. As verse 6 of Proverbs 1 says, to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. We're going to see that Proverbs at times can be confusing and almost tricky. And at times, even seem to, seeming to contradict one another. You put this proverb up against this proverb, and they're saying the opposite thing. Their meaning is not always on the surface. One author has described proverbs as jawbreakers. You know, that candy that, like, you can't just bite into it. You'll break your teeth if you do. You've got to kind of hold it in your mouth and wait. And over time, it becomes clear. Not just proverbs, but all of Scripture. It is true that knowledge revealed by the Holy Spirit, doesn't always tell us what to do in the circumstances and situations we face. Does Scripture tell us what to do in each and every circumstance? No. No. Should I, should I buy this house or that one? Should I pursue this career and job or should I, should I go with that one? Should I talk to that person or just pass them by? How should I spend my time? What should I do with this situation? We, you're not going to flip open the Bible and it's going to say, well, Rob, you need on this day to do this and make this choice. No, there's too many situations in our life for Scripture to address each and every one of them. But what Scripture does do, it is taken by the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit helps us understand our situation and how God's Word addresses it. Look at verse 5. Let the wise hear and increase in learning and the one who understands obtain guidance. The Proverbs don't always give us answers. They give us guidance. We need guidance, and that is precisely what the Holy Spirit does with Scripture. Jesus promised this in John 14. The Helper, 
the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. When you are faced with your circumstances, one of the works of the Holy Spirit is to help you be wise in giving you the guidance that you need by reminding you of the words of Christ, reminding you of Scripture and how God has spoken into your situation, which brings up the question of how can the Spirit remind us of things that we have never heard? How can you pull out of your toolbox tools that you don't possess? This is why the psalmist in Psalm 119 says, I've stored up, or other translations, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. The Holy Spirit takes the word of God that we have stored up in our hearts, that we have read and absorbed and been exposed to and heard and listened to, and yes, even memorized and taken to heart in that way. The Holy Spirit uses that to provide guidance the best example I've ever experienced of this was uh, one year on the mission field. I had a team. There were four of us on our campus team, um, two Chinese staff people and me and one other American. And we decided um, that one of the things we were going to do as a team in that one year together is we were together going to memorize the whole book of First Peter, which at first I got some pushback from that. Okay, some of the pushback I got was, well, why not something a little more useful? I don't really use first Peter. Why not, you know, this part of the Bible or that part that I that I use a lot more? And I said, no, we're just going to do first Peter. And we did. And a crazy thing started happening. As we get further along in our memorization, we were doing like just a different chunk each week. We'd show up at our staff meetings and we'd be reporting on the ministry and the work that we were doing. And some of these people who said, I never used First Peter's said, hey, let me tell you what was happening. I was, I was meeting with a student and they were going through this circumstance and you will not believe what verse fit their situation. It was First Peter 2, what we, just, what we just memorized, it actually fit what they were going through. Well, that was neat that it happened once, but then it started to happen almost every week. And my team started to get really excited, like, how did you know we were going to need First Peter the all year long? It's like I, the Holy Spirit uses the Word of God that you have on hand. He uses what you've got in your toolbox, and as you hide His Word in your heart, as you drink deeply in God's Word, you will find that the Holy Spirit makes use of that Word when you need it, and you will find yourself realizing, "I had no idea that I needed First Peter or James." or Isaiah 25, or whatever it is, the Holy Spirit gives you guidance through God's Word. God gives guidance through His Word in everything we face. And that's one of the works of the Holy Spirit. Listen to the words of Isaiah 30. Though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet your teacher will not hide himself anymore. But your eyes shall see your teacher, and your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it when you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. The Holy Spirit goes with you on your path, your teacher to give you guidance, helping you see what you need to see in order to be wise. And the assumption here is that God's word matters very greatly. It is meant to be lived. Not just the commands and laws and rules, but the stories, the songs, all of it have bearing and relevance in your life and are meant to be applied. We learn from it and the Holy Spirit guides us in seeing what bearing it has on us today. So that when you're in an argument with someone and you feel so angry at how stupid they're being 
And suddenly the Holy Spirit says, hey, hang on, step back and first take, take the log out of your own eye before you pick at the speck in their eye. Or you hear gossip going around and you hear some people talking They're like, hey, you won't believe what, what, I, what just happened and I, I want to tell you all about it. And you hear it and you think, oh my goodness, that's so scandalous. And then you are reminded that the first to present his case seems right until another comes forward and presents their case. Oh, I shouldn't believe everything I hear. I certainly shouldn't repeat it. Or when you're angry with someone or repulsed by them, your, your enemy or this person who, who believes everything that you believe in opposite who just holds horrible values and you just want to exclude them from your life and speak horribly of them and suddenly you remember, but yet this person is made in the image of God. And if I, if I curse them, I am cursing the God in whose image they are made, James 3 tells me. Or when you are offended and someone hurts you and they're being stubborn about it, you are reminded to forgive as you have been forgiven in every circumstance you face, every decision you look for. The Word of God has bearing. The Spirit of God helps us to see these things differently, to see them through the lens of God and His Word, to see God's view of the world, which we need in order to be wise. So the Holy Spirit teaches us what we need to know and shows us what we need to see in order to be wise. And one more thing we see is that the Holy Spirit works in us what we need to do to be wise. Wisdom requires that we know truth from God's perspective and that we see our situations as it relates to that truth. But wisdom also requires that we act on what we see. In Scripture, there is no wisdom without action. And so Proverbs 1 verse 3 says that we are given these Proverbs in order to receive instruction in wise dealing. Wise dealing, knowing how to act wisely with other people. The point is not just to have more information. The point is to do something with what you know. It's not just to be wise in how you think, but to be wise in what you do. But more than that, our wise dealing, the exercise of our wisdom should produce certain results according to Proverbs 1, verse 3. It's to receive instruction and wise dealing in righteousness, justice, and equity. Words that tell us what should be the result of our wisdom. The result of our wisdom is not that we become smarter. The result of wisdom, godly wisdom, is that through us the world becomes better. Let me say that again. The result of wisdom in God's eyes is not that we become smarter, but that through us the world would become better. Wisdom does not serve itself. Wisdom serves the kingdom of God and His glory and His purposes, which makes every area over which we have influence, our, our homes, our schools, our workplaces, our neighborhoods, our sports teams, Wisdom has as its goal making those areas of life richly blessed as God's righteousness and His justice and His equity take hold. That's the purpose of wisdom. This makes sense when we remember that our wisdom is based, as we saw earlier, on the knowledge of Christ. If our wisdom begins with knowing who Christ is and what He has done, then that knowledge will work itself out in a specific direction. When faced with conflict with a neighbor, 
World-based wisdom asks, what, what principles do I need to apply in order to win in this situation? But in the same situation, the wisdom of Christ asks, how can God be honored in this? How can I reflect Christ in this? How can I lay down my own rights and my own agenda and serve others and bring glory to God through this? Now, the problem is the answer to that question and the demands of wisdom are sometimes very hard. Because if we are truly acting on the wisdom that's revealed by the Spirit of God, then we will find ourselves called to live as Christ did. To lay down our preferences, to lay down our rights, to lay down our treasures, and to lay down our lives. Wisdom doesn't always, or even often, lead us on the easy path. But wisdom always leads us on the godly path. You know Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Verse 3 says that as my shepherd, the Lord leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. God leads us in a righteous path for his name's sake, not for my comfort's sake, not for my prosperity's sake. He leads me for his sake. But the grace of God does not lead us to difficult tasks and then abandon us. He doesn't call us to take on challenges that we can't actually do. What good parent would take a child, a young child, into the kitchen, throw open a recipe book, point to the cabinets and say, you figure it out. You're making dinner tonight. This recipe. Okay, depending, I think a child of almost any age, that would be very unwise and certainly unloving. It's putting a demand on your child that they cannot carry out. And God does not do that. He doesn't lead us in difficult tasks and then abandon us or to take on challenges that we can't actually do. Rather, the Holy Spirit continues His work by working in us what we need to do. The Holy Spirit continues His work by working in us what we need to do. You've heard us in Ezekiel 36 many times. I can't get away from it. Hear it again. <clears throat> Ezekiel 36, 27, God says, I will put my spirit within you. And I will cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. God's purpose in salvation is not just to forgive sinners. He intends to turn sinners into servants and to send us out in service building his kingdom and to make sure that happens he goes to work in us making us able to do the very things that he commands us to do don't take this lightly we talk about this often here because i believe it is so overlooked in the church and yet is a very beautiful and glorious and essential doctrine. Many of us who grew up in the Christian faith grew up learning the things that we were supposed to do. And even a cursory reading of the Bible makes clear many of the things that we should and should not do, especially in Proverbs. But responsibility without ability is a curse. Responsibility without ability is a curse. To know what we must do and yet not be able to do it is not gospel. 
It is condemnation. And for me or any other preacher or teacher to stand up here week after week and simply tell to you the demands and expectations of a holy God and imply that you have to rely on your own ability and your own strength to carry out such a task, that would be unloving and that would be error. And so the grace of God and the wisdom that He imparts is such that he not only tells us, this is the way, walk in it, but he also himself makes us able to do it. Philippians 2 promises us that it is God who works in you. We just said this in our confession of faith today. It's God who works in you, both to will and to act, to work for his good pleasure. The same Holy Spirit that helps you know what is right, that teaches you God's word, that same Holy Spirit is also at work to help you do what is right. That's a work of God's grace in us. And that gives so much hope. Think of what that that call of God is that you struggle with. What is that demand of God? What is that call of discipleship that you say, Yeah, I know that's the right thing, but that is just too hard for me. I can't make that life change. I can't speak to that person. I can't go to that place. I can't change myself in that way. The promise of God is that you can. It's never a question of can I for the believer. The Holy Spirit works in you to will and to work for God's pleasure. You can You can, and that is glorious. As we look at Proverbs, you're going to find that we don't read about Jesus on the cross. We don't read about sacrifice, or we don't see too much about forgiveness, or atonement, or grace, or all those other concepts that we're used to when we come to God's word. But that doesn't mean that the gospel is absent when we read Proverbs. Because... Even in Proverbs and in how we become wise, we see the gospel of God at work. To be wise, we need to know what God reveals through Jesus Christ. And He gives us that. By His Holy Spirit, God gives us Jesus Christ, the wisdom of God. To be wise, we need to understand the world we face and how God leads us. We need a voice, a teacher telling us, what our circumstances are really about, what's at stake, and what the path of wisdom is like for us. He gives us that by grace through His Spirit. And to be wise, we need to not only know these things, but to do them, which we could not do if God did not graciously work through us by His Holy Spirit. And so it is no wonder that in Ephesians 1, the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Wisdom. We see a prayer that the God the God of our Lord Jesus Christ and the Father of glory would give you the Spirit, not a Spirit, but the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, which is the Spirit of wisdom. Proverbs would be a book of advice and unlivable law if it came to us without the gospel. But because God through Jesus Christ has taken on our foolishness, He has taken on our ignorance and everything that would lead us down a path of unwisdom, He has taken that on Himself in Jesus Christ and He has removed them from us. He has replaced our foolishness and our ignorance, replaced it with the Holy Spirit. 
And when he does that, Proverbs instead becomes an instruction manual of living as a new creation through Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit. We have the spirit of wisdom teaching us, showing us, and working in us that we may be wise. Fools despise wisdom and instruction, but the fear of the Lord is the beginning of our knowledge. Through these things, we may understand words of insight, receive instruction and wise dealing that we may bring about and work towards the righteousness, justice, and equity of God by applying prudence and discretion. That sounds like something for the superstars in the Christian world, doesn't it? But it is yours in Christ because of the Holy Spirit. Let us thank God that He has spoken and still speaks and leads us in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Our Heavenly Father, we thank You for the gift of the Holy Spirit who shines a spotlight on Jesus Christ, what You have done through Him and how You have given us everything we need for life and for godly living. Teach us to live under these words not as laws that condemn us, but as instructions of how we live freely as children of God. We thank you, our God and Savior, for these things which we could not do on our own, but by your goodness and your grace, we have them. With confidence, we pray in the name of Christ, the wisdom of God. Amen.